you're listening to This and That with me, Angus Mitchell, a podcast series where I'll be talking to students and past students like everything about their dissertation and general uni experience. On this episode, I'll be talking to Bria Campbell, the title of her dissertation being Crypto Art as a Response to the Art World's Elitism. Oh, honestly, Angus, like my brain wasn't wasn't ready yeah. for it. So would you say it's almost like you found this perfect question, but it was almost like, okay, this is a doctoral PhD question, you know, and you have to kind of localize it to a 10,000 word um, dissertation. And I saw a um, I saw a thing online where someone said, science shows us how we're living, and art shows us why we're living. And I think that's such a cool that's such a cool way of summarizing it, you know. I get that tattooed across my ass, to be honest. <laughs> it's good, isn't it? And like when I say to boys, oh, yeah, I'm doing crypto, they're like, oh, so you know about crypto, do you? Like, so okay. what have you got? What are you saying about Ethereum? And then I'm like, well, I can tell you what I'm saying about Ethereum, annoying boy. Do you know what I mean? Yes. But you know what I say to everyone? You know, I see those those fretting Edinburgh Uni students munching on their sandwiches and nibbling their nails to the core because everyone's so nervous. I just have this expression that diamonds are made under pressure do you know what i mean there you go exactly she says through tears (laughs) (laughs) oh god horrible you're listening to this and that hello and welcome back to this and that this is episode nine and today i'm joined by bria campbell bria how's it going yeah it's going really well actually i feel like for the first time in a long time i feel really happy Oh, like not for anything, but you know what I mean? Because like lockdown's lifted. Just you know, Edinburgh's a good buzz at the moment. It's all good. It's good vibes. You see, you see the light at the end of the tunnel. Definitely, yeah, for sure. Yeah, to be honest, I could, I can agree with you. Like I've got, because obviously I'm in third year as well. You're in your final year at Edinburgh, fourth year. I'm in my final year at Cardiff, third year. And um, so we've obviously, we're in kind of like stress mode. We've got our dissertations that we're doing. And obviously that's what we're going to be talking about today. But I don't, yeah, yeah like you said, like, you know, the light at the end of the tubble, tunnel yeah. is good vibes yeah, all I'm around just, at the moment. I'm drowning in work. I I feel like I'm doing my A-levels, but I'm loving it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. That's kind of the beauty. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of the beauty of university, isn't it? Like, well, obviously it doesn't work that way for everyone. But for I know for us, both of us, we're very passionate about the courses we're doing. And let's get straight yeah. into it. Bria, Bria, who are you and what are you studying? I'm a girl just trying to talk to a boy about crypto art. And I'm studying history of art, which is a four-year course. Um, and I also run a page called the Art Guys on Instagram. So I'm really interested in technology and art and also kind of how the past can shape the future and kind of our visual culture that we live in today. Um, and yeah, that's, that's what I'm into. It is fascinating. And I love straight in there with a the plug. Like I was going to bring it up, but you brought it up yourself. The Art Geist is such a cool forum on Instagram and Twitter and always it's growing as well. It's so great to see because obviously I've been there right from the beginning. And um, it's yeah. so cool to see like obviously with your um, Instagram, the main thing, like kind of showing um, the, the classical bit of art and then mm-hmm. uh, comparing it to something that's well modern day, isn't it? What, what, how would you describe what you do on the Instagram page? I think I look at, I look at uh, modern images. I normally start with a modern image. So like, you know, a Dua Lipa shoot with one landmark, whatever. Or like an old beat, beat, uh, photo of Paul McCartney. Um, try get a lot, I try to get a lot of range in like sex, gender, 
like race and then most of the time it's a pretty easy process like I just look at it and I it reminds me of kind of like Apollo and Daphne or a Michelangelo statue and I make the connection so it's actually a lot easier than it looks but it's just interesting to think that a lot of what you see today is is actually like regenerated so I think that's I think cool. I think you are being very humble. Like you might find it easier, but I don't think it is easier than it looks. It's just because you've got this knowledge from the years of studying yeah. history of art. And obviously you've had the passion in um yeah. in kind of Renaissance art and classical art for a long time now. And um yeah. obviously that's the main focus of your degree. So if we get mm -hmm. this is dis and that, we're gonna be talking about your dissertation. Listeners mm -hmm. have already realized that you haven't finished your dissertation. So yeah. where do we begin? Are we going to be talking about what you plan to do, what you've done already, or a bit of both? Okay, so I'll, I'll start off by talking about what I was going to do. Okay. So I have this really good friend called Piers, and he has always been, he works in kind of, I actually just don't even know how to describe it. He works in like stocks and like crypto and that kind of world, which from the outside is scary. Like it's really scary. It's intimidating and I'm not a tech head at all like I really struggle but he's always been blabbering on to me about crypto art crypto art crypto art. it's going to be the next thing da, 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 da. and I was like oh shut up here you know like at a dinner party crypto art crypto art. Like, shut up here's relax and then I was listening to this podcast on my drive to uni and it was all about crypto art and how it's like really building momentum it's a massive thing and I was just like on the Scottish roads and it just hit me and I was like, this is sick. This is really niche. Um, I love technology within art. So I think I could be really passionate about it. And, you know, for a dissertation title, like it's so important to have something niche. Like I'm not going to do a Cezanne dissertation or like a Michelangelo, like that's just so boring. And I was also kind of, obviously for people our age, it's hard to get jobs. It's really hard. And I think having a disc that is going to help you get a job into the field that you want is a super clever thing to do. So that's what I thought. So that's where I started. And then I was like, okay, so what is it about crypto art that's so sick? And the main thing that people push about it uh, is that it's, it's basically anyone can make a piece of crypto art. So in, in terms of the art world, I was thinking, what are the main issues with the art world? And for me, obviously this is me coming from, I'm a white, very privileged person, but I am super aware of the inequalities that exist in the art world and the elitism. Um, so bearing in mind that crypto art, in my opinion, solves a lot of those issues, I thought that a discussion on elitism and the art world and crypto art as a response to it would be a good way to go. So yeah. That's fascinating. So in terms of crypto art itself, you explained that Piers, this guy, I know Piers, cool guy, yeah. knows what he's on yeah. about with like Bitcoin and all these stocks and shares yeah. and stuff. But in terms, and I know I kind of have a grasp of how you can invest in Bitcoin and it's a cryptocurrency that is mined for, to be honest, mm -hmm. I, I don't really get it, but I, I understand yeah. the value behind it. Um, mm -hmm. Art though, how, so you're saying anyone can do this art because obviously art is subjective, um, which is a really interesting concept in itself. You know, I do archaeology, I do ancient history where yeah. art itself is a kind of argumented thing because like the ancient Greeks didn't have a word for art. So is, are their sculptures art? You know, there's, there's, it's yeah, an yeah. absolute minefield, exactly. So in terms of that minefield, how have you kind of got round that in terms of crypto art? If anyone can therefore make it, is there is there like a style to crypto art? What is crypto art itself? So crypto art, okay, so basically the, okay, this is how I explain it to people. Um, so, the internet, obviously in the 90s, kind of the net, that was the big thing. People were super excited about it. 
And we're in the same position today as we were with, with this thing called the blockchain, as we were with the internet in the 90s. So in 20 years, all companies or major companies will have switched from using the internet to the blockchain. And let's just think about this as like a different network system. Look, I don't know if that's the correct term, but that's how I've been telling myself about it. So the blockchain is basically a, basically a system of storing information in a manner that makes it really difficult to hack or change. And it's a digital ledger that is duplicated and distributed across a whole network of systems. So it basically consists of blocks think of it as a growing list of records that are linked using cryptography and each block contains a cryptographic hash won't get into that because that will get it basically I could go into it in massive detail but in simple terms it's like a ledger that is immutable and is unchangeable so it's all about the safety of it isn't it that's the yeah, really that's the yeah. really um attractive fact of crypt, crypt, cryptocurrency in general yeah and like if you send an email on the internet you send a copy of the email whereas on the blockchain, you send the actual thing. Do you get me? Yeah, 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 yeah. So in terms of hackability and safety for big companies, not not talking about art in this instance, it's huge. Also, a massive thing is it is that it removes the middleman. So you don't need like sending money, for instance, on the blockchain. There's no need for centralized systems like banks. So you know, someone from the Philippines who's working in England sending money back to their family. When they send that money back, a portion of that money is going to be taken by the sender, like PayPal or banks, whatever. With the blockchain, none of that happens. It's instantaneous. It's trackable. So like on that small level, you can understand the massive implications. And this is why people are so excited about it. Why is the next big thing? Yeah, 100%. And like, it's crazy to me that more people don't know about it because like reading it, you're like, this is going to change everything. Like it gives autonomy back to the individual. It's all about moving away from centralized systems to a decentralized state. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but for art, the people are always like, oh, but like, why does that relate to art? Well, let me tell <laughs> That's you. That's me. I'm that person right now. <laughs> so yeah, so I just, it's important to understand the mechanics of the blockchain, I think. So for art, if we're taking this kind of immutability, provenance aspect, provenance for those who don't know the provenance of a painting is who's owned it where's it come from selling you know very important and provenance in the art world ascribes value so a painting that's been owned by famous people is obviously going to be more valuable it's very yeah but that is also a problem I'll get on to that in a minute but um so basically the blockchain offers provenance and immutable like it's it's a very safe way of buying and selling things online so with art you can now for the first time ever like track something without its with no like error so it's very exciting in that respect yeah Um, the the safety aspect of it again but for art yeah exactly and then i mean there's there's so many other positives to it like you know this art can be seen at any time on any place so okay let me talk about how you view it because i think that's what that's what people don't really get they're like but is it physical yeah Mm. So it's not a physical thing. So we've got to understand crypto art as like a collector's item. So in the same way that humans for hundreds and hundreds of years, cavemen even, like, you know, they collect sticks and stuff, they collect rocks. Like we've always wanted to collect stuff that has value. Someone wants a bigger collection than someone else. In the same way, crypto art is like something to collect online. You may not be able to touch it because it's viewed on the blockchain, but it's all about uh, so like a piece of art, you can see the provenance and there's this thing called 
NFTs, which means non-fungible token, which is ascribed to each piece of crypto art, which which basically proves that you own it. So you have ownership and that is what gives its value. See, that's so, so fascinating. It's, yeah. It's, this is tapping into that kind of fundamental competitiveness in, a hu- yeah. in the human DNA. It's It's like... It's so weird because like you said, for, forever, humans have always had this competition between others, you know, um, and it's something that we can never get rid of. And crypto art is a way of tapping into that. And yeah. it's, you don't have to worry about damage, I'm assuming. You don't That's have to worry about losing things. Once you, yeah. it's non-refundable tokens. Yeah. Again, non-fungible, adding this. Non-fungible. Non-fungible. Which means, yeah, non-fungible okay. tokens. But. Wait, what did you say? The losing it thing, the like packaging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of these things that maybe will devalue um, a bit of art. The costs, okay, so we're looking at this. People who are loving crypto are kind of artists who haven't really been able to break into the mainstream just because of the perpetual elitism. Like you can't break into a system that is so close, uh, like run by such a small group of elite people who have come from most of the same background. You know, statistics like, you know they've dropped the a-level history of art so i mean what the fu- what can i swear on this what the hell does that mean for people who go to a state school like you're not going to get a look in into history of art like i did history of art luckily because i went to an extremely posh boarding school and i was offered it but like for people who go to a state school or like oh, it's just it's so messed up the system and the more i read about it the more pissed off it makes me because art is like such a like fundamental human thing like appreciating something going to a gallery like I'm sure everyone can relate to the first time they went to a gallery and like was like I don't know maybe it's just me because I love art some people don't love art but everyone I'm sure has seen something and been like that's so cool yeah and I think to be able to study that and understand the mechanisms behind that doing a history of art degree I've been so lucky in that respect so yeah so Bria, we've kind of gone on a huge tangent because you mentioned right at the beginning that this is what you were going to do. What's yeah. happened? Because that sounds really, really interesting and fascinating and you're clearly passionate about it. Is it kind of, uh, were you stuck at a dead end or what? Or found something better? Where are we at? No, I've undoubtedly got passion in my pants for crypto art. And that's kind <laughs> of the problem because I started writing, I think too early and I did so much reading, but I just, so like, I don't know, elitism, what does that mean to you? I literally have just asked everyone because for me, it's such a confusingly large term and expression and it means so many different things. Like you can be elitist in terms of excluding a group of people or you can be elitist in your attitudes or you can be elitist in the form of like having superior knowledge. So like I just started writing it and you know, you can get into all these like really intense theories of class and like, Oh, honestly, Angus, like my brain wasn't wasn't ready yeah. for it. So, would you say it's almost like you found this perfect question, but it was almost like, okay, this is a doctoral PhD question, you know, mm-hmm. and you have to kind of localize it to a ten thousand word um, dissertation. So, where where you kind of have to kind of minimize it a wee bit? Yeah, like ten thousand words is literally nothing, um, and. I don't know, like, it's just, it was too broad and I was just struggling massively with it. And I'd, you know, I'd sit down and find five more readings and I was like, no, I can't do this. So I, I was still looking at Leeton, but I think changing my question slightly to um, crypto arts as a response to the art world's elitism slash exclusion, haven't really worked that out, and the dismissal or like unappreciation of 
new media artists or NMA. And by new media artists, I mean artists working in the digital sphere. So my argument is basically that crypto art, the main things that it can do that I think are most exciting is it's going to include new media artists, as in people working outside the traditional forms, sculpture, painting, you know, all of that. And it's also going to solve some issues of inequality. So that's that's where I'm at now. But who knows? You know? <laughs> well, it sounds it does sound like you kind of by lengthening your title, you're able. It's almost weird, isn't it? When you lengthen your title, you have a more um, acute question that you're going for, you know, more specific question. So I think I think I can tell that that's obviously going to be easier to answer. But like you said, elitism is still there in your in your title and obviously something that's a huge part of it but you kind of you've said elitism but in the title itself you've talked about what parts of elitism you want to tackle by talking about these these elitism and elitism in the sense that you know art you kind of have to know someone to get into it you have to have the name before yeah yeah there's so many avenues you can go down you know elitism where does it come from so it comes from like you know, I could have gone into like the history of the art market, which in itself, massive subject, like God. And then there's also like, you know, education for me and my research was a massive thing. Like elitism is perpetual, it's self-sustaining because the education in the UK, for instance, is just not there. Like, as I mentioned, like the sacking of A-level, like it's just, it's not a thing. Like studying art is seen is seen in itself as a very elite practice yeah which just it pisses me off so much because like people are like oh you do history of art it's such a dos subject it's not it's like it's so not because what is history of art it's history politics anthropology sociology you know there's quite a bit of math sometimes in it like it can get really deep and like I just think it's this wonderful hybrid of everything and people should be nicer about it because (laughs) well to be honest that is if if anything I've learned from doing this series of this and that everyone's Mm everyone's passionate about what they do at uni you know like well who I've spoken to I know it's not for everyone but like and like you said I think history of art is a weird one isn't it because it can be I I I know personally that it can be kind of like looked down upon in a weird way it's quite like a oh you do history of art well I do chemistry you know like well and it's kind of that classic kind of science versus humanities argument that goes on and on and it's completely pointless and I saw a um I saw a thing online where someone said science shows us how we're living and art shows us why we're living and I think that's such a cool that's such a cool way of summarizing it you know I get that tattooed across my ass to be honest (laughs) It's good, isn't it? Science shows us how we're living and art shows us why. And I think that's such a yeah. kind of a, without getting too naff, quite a beautiful way of putting it, you know, art Lovely. does, art is such, and like how you brought up, you know, the cavemen collecting their sticks. Might have to fact check you on that, uh, being an archaeologist. But uh, no, it, it's definitely a thing like that competition that's in our DNA. And, and yeah. if crypto art can kind of broaden the horizon of that, you know, and get more people yeah. in the game, um, which it sounds like you've explained it sounds like it's going to do and it sounds like we are just at the tip of the iceberg when it comes to blockchain and the future and I yeah. know you you say that why aren't more people onto it do remember that you you're studying at a university you know you know these people and it is it's still it is still kind of in the works isn't it it's not as known as you might think and it's one of those things where once you do understand it a bit more and I do think I need to get into it a bit more because like you said it's the oh, next big thing no, art not in art general. in general. Um, crypto, crypto. So yeah. like blockchain and 
Yeah, it's it's uh, the thing that really pisses me off is when I say that I'm doing a thing with some crypto art. Look, as with you know football, whatever, I could go on about how much the patriarchy pisses me off, but like it's a very male oriented thing. And like when I say to boys, like, oh, yeah, I'm doing crypto, they're like, oh, so you know about crypto, do you? Like, so okay. what have you got? What are you saying about Ethereum? And then I'm like, well, I can tell you what I'm saying about Ethereum, annoying boy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so have you found have you found that kind of sexism creeping into cryptocurrency already then? No. So okay, cryptocurrency, yes. But what I love about crypto art is that obviously people are selling their art online. So it literally does not matter who you are, where you're from, what your background is. Obviously, you know, there's famous crypto artists emerging. Already but it's ha- happening. Already, no, it's it's happening. And then there's that whole debate of like, is it just going to end up as like, you know, another art nature movement? kind of, yeah. Yeah. And like, are the big, you know, auction houses just going to appropriate it and like make it all like distorted and polluted? But, you know, let's not talk about that because at the moment- That's it's, scary. It's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like, it literally doesn't matter where you're from. And you know, I, you know, me saying like it, anyone can make it, like it really is. It can be seen at anywhere at any time because it's like on the blockchain. So think about it for people who don't have access to galleries or like, you know, live in different times, you know, it's just, it's so opening up so much. And I think that's what's really great about it. Yeah. Well, so, you've, yeah. Def- you've definitely described why you're so passionate about it and why you're so excited about it. Now, obviously you're still doing your dissertation. So usually on this and that, we'd kind of go through chapters and then like finally get to a conclusion. This is gonna be a completely different kind of episode because like- I can do that though, I can do that. Well, that's the thing. I was gonna ask you, where are you kind of at in terms of your planning? Because I know you're a very hard worker. I'm sure you're way further ahead your dissertation than I am myself, which is annoying. But um, uh, yeah. I'm really not. I've got a month well, to write it. But you know what I say to everyone? You know, I see those those fretting Edinburgh Uni students munching on their sandwiches and nibbling their nails to the core because everyone's so nervous. I just have this expression that diamonds are made under pressure. Do you know boom. what I mean? There you go. Exactly. She says through tears. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Horrible. No, um, but I so really... Take it away. Yeah. Take it away. Come on, then. What What kind of structure are you looking at so far? So we're looking at three chapters. I don't know if like this is the same for other people. Does people have a three chapter thing? Yeah, I've, I've the people I've spoken to so far, it does obviously depend on what you're talking about. Because some, like I've had science dissertations on here. I've had liberal arts dissertations. and But I'd say, yeah, there's usually not more than four, you know. How many words is a science dissertation? 10,000 as well. So, okay, interesting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I'm doing three chapters. Chapter one will basically be like, okay, so the whole elitism inequality thing. Um, and so the argument of chapter one is elit- elitism exists, what aspect that I'm focusing in on and also why have new media artists or NMA art, NMA been excluded? Um, and the specific thing that I'm focusing on uh, in terms of the elitism is this thing called information asymmetry, which is a super interesting concept that I've never really heard of and I did an interview with this guy called Ben Gentili who's probably the sickest person ever he actually went to Edinburgh and did history of art and um, he sold a piece called Block 21 and it was the first NFT which is non-fungible token sold by a major auction house so it's sold by Christie's I think for like 108 grand which if you think about it is mad and it was basically a physical artwork and an NFT which exists online. So like people are paying a lot of money for this, do you know what I mean? 
Um, and he got me onto this thing, information asymmetry. It was actually a pretty simple concept. It's basically like people in the art world, there's a lot of asymmetric information. So not a lot of transparency. So someone selling an artwork to someone else will not disclose all the information. Hence, like different prices, things can be negotiated in sneaky ways below the bar. Like I did work experience at a gallery and I had to go through all the ex exhibition catalogs and stuff. And you have to double check everything because there's a lot of like lying and like, like behind sneaky the scenes going on. Yeah. yeah. Because the people at the top, like I don't want to come across as like a, oh, like everyone should be equal, like kind of communist vibes. You know what I mean? I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just I saying- I promise that, like, I'm not a communist. Yeah, because I swear. Um, but yeah, I, uh, what was I saying? Yeah, so it's, there's basically a massive lack of transparency. Um, and that's why, that's my argument. It's like the main, Thing, when you're in the art system is like I'm sorry by the art world I mean the people who dictate the taste so like critics curators gallerists auction house you know that kind of yeah. that's what I mean is the art world um so yeah information asymmetry that's that's the main angle that I'm going at and then obviously you have like established tastes and you know it's just hard for new media artists to get involved because people don't understand it. It's a whole new language of visual culture. And there's just a really good quote. It's like, um, gallery owners don't understand, don't like or understand works that they have to plug in. So, you know, okay. it's, yeah. So like people working in video installations or like, you know, you name it, there's so much digital technology. And I just find it so confusing how we're living in such a technical world and a technological based world yet the art of our time doesn't really reflect that and i think that's really weird and confusing that's a really um, interesting point because i've never really thought about that before that's a that's a good way of saying it like they're scared of things you have to plug in which yeah. you know that okay. might be a saying that's like 50 years ago but like realistically the world we live like, in is all technology yeah, but I mean, you think about the art, art. Yeah. <laughs> grow up grow artists up and like yeah. get on with it because basically we're leaving you, you behind know, like, are, like old people exactly boomers. like it's boomers of the art world isn't it we need to leave do you know what i mean they've messed up the world in terms of the climate you know everything's really messed up because of them and it was reflected in the art because no one's willing to like really take on something new but i think crypto has got people excited in a way that other art forms haven't really done that so i think new media art hasn't ever really done enough because it's it's kind of pushed the boundary slightly it's like oh yeah and a cool video like that's a bit different but it hasn't ever really been established you know what i mean yeah whereas with crypto art um artists like ai weiwei and like really massive players have started to get involved and i think it in order for it to really be like established people these people need to get involved basically there's like not there's not good discussions between art world uh, traditional art world and new media art and the discourse between the two is so like divergent that something needs to happen aka crypto art and that fuse will happen but Blow yeah up so to, scene to bring it all together fusion fission whatever which one it ever is you know that's what's going to happen yeah so that's chapter one and then kind of at the end of chapter one we'll be like and hence a arena for a new art movement has been created and i'm basically pushing crypto art as the new art movement which i there we go yeah so chapter one is setting the scene while you're doing this and 
the problems that are there at the moment and why crypto art is the reason for the way forward. Yeah. So we've got, we've set the scene. So two, middle ground, two. where are we going now? So two is uh, crypto art as a new art movement and how it's going to solve these issues. And obviously I have to really- Explain a bit now. Yeah, I have to hit home about like, you know, what I have to explain crypto in terms of, in the simplest terms so that your average reader, I'm not saying that I'm really clever, but obviously, because I've done this research, like I, I assume the reader knows more. And it is so quite that, niche knowledge. Cause like, I, I have to say, even from this podcast alone, like I am, I feel like I'm only just scraping the surface, but from what you've explained to me, I, I already understand it a lot better, which is why I'm doing this. I, lo I love learning, you know, and, uh, and it's, it's cool to know what you're doing, but um, yeah. it must be hard for you to kind of not dumb it down, but simplify it in a way where, like you said, it is important for the everyday person to understand it. Otherwise it's never going to become established. Literally, and that, there lies the problem. Like for someone like me, I was like, oh no, I could never write about that. But it's actually not that tricky when you get involved. And you don't have to know about all the technical details Like you don't have to know it. And I was talking to this guy who's like the head of blockchain technology at Edinburgh, who's so cool. Like I was like, oh God, you're clever. Right. Like, Christ. and um he was like i was like do you do you think that it's necessary for people to understand the technology in a really clear and succinct way and he was like no not really like you don't really need to know you just just go to, with like, the flow <laughs> exactly like do you understand the internet do you understand exactly, the technology yeah. of the internet no, like, no. Everyone... bluetooth i'm like mobile phone signal i'm like how the hell have you just received that text <laughs> you know where's that come from it's, it's so crazy so like in that respect, I don't think that there's an issue. So people shouldn't be scared of it. Like you just have to, I'm, I'm not particularly like on it. Like I've got slow processing. It takes a while for things to get in there, you know, but like they do at the end, but like, you just have to like really read up on it, like read a few articles and you'll be clued up. So that's what I would suggest to people if they're interested. Um, but yeah, uh, chapter two is like technical discussion, the blockchain, um, how is it viewed, I think is a really, really important thing to relate to people because people are like, okay, so a gallery shows art, how is crypto art gonna be viewed? And I think this is like one of the main problems with mainstream adaption because there aren't really things in place where you can, as the general public go and view crypto art, like it's, it will be like on a screen at home, but people haven't really made like crypto art viewing things. So I think, that is one of the main things. I mean, I could be wrong. Like it's literally changing every day. Yeah. Like it's so current that I kind of struggle to keep up. Like I wake up every morning and my Twitter feed is buzzing with like all this new stuff that's going on. I'm like, oh my God. That must um, be quite, is that a bit of a challenge for your dissertation? Because what you're doing is so groundbreaking. You know, you won't have as many sources to refer to, you know, and it's always changing. Like, how does that work? Is there almost a point where obviously by the time you hand in your dissertation, crypto art might have completely changed again. Do you kind of have to be strict and be like, all right, from now I am doing my dissertation and not looking at any new information. I've just got to go with what I've got. I think I, I just can't do that though because the stuff that's happening right now is some of the most incredible stuff. I'll talk about it. But like uh, the, the main thing for me was that my desk supervisor who is a expert in 16th century Tudor dress so uh, clearly I, I pitched my idea to her and she was like, sorry, I really don't know what that is, Priya. And I was like, you know what, Katrina, I, I wouldn't expect don't worry. Yeah. So and in, in one respect, like it's really good because she genuinely just tells me if I'm going wrong structurally. So she doesn't mm. really get involved. But um, yeah, finding credible academic sources has been a, a tricky thing because I'm so not, 
not going to reference articles the whole way through because that's not academic and that's not great and also trying to find theoretical stuff to go with it like it's so hard it's so difficult and yeah. in order to get a good dismark you have to have theoretical backing especially in our history like you have to have like theory behind it oh i hate it i haven't done that yet <laughs> we won't dwell on that we'll we'll carry on going so um details details you know yeah yeah exactly um so are we at chapter three now what's what's chapter three is this your summary or would you say yeah, have you got another good. point to make and then conclusion so yeah should i just like quickly talk about the main amazing things about crypto because i feel like i haven't really talked about that enough there's yeah. there's kind of niche so yeah sorry is that good yeah, 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 yeah so the main the main benefits of crypto that I think, because obviously I'm trying to push for it, but I have to stay objective as well. Or I have to have a balanced argument. So the main things to me, cost reduction in terms of the gallery space. So in terms of shipping, storage, payment processing and legal contract costs, all things which are either very expensive, like to ship a massive canvas to USA, you know, it's a logistical nightmare and you have to, the gallery has to pay someone to oversee the shipping of the work, going through customs, you know, that's like you're paying for someone's ticket as well as all of that expense. Like that's expensive, you know, and that kind of feeds into like smaller galleries just wouldn't be able to do that. So, you know, um, so cost reduction in terms of that shared ownership, which is a really cool thing about crypto is that multiple people can own parts of the work which i think oh, is really like cool shipping in like having a stock in an art piece exactly that's really and, cool and there's lots of the sites now where you can the so the piece of the artwork the piece of crypto art will change the look of it will change depending on something like the weather in kazakhstan or like the the like stock market at that time like it will either be red or green depending on if you know literally there are so many possibilities of what things could look like um provenance obviously because of the blockchain and the immutable technology rid of it. Um, new market participants so collectors buyers and artists from all around the world don't need an academic uh like grounding um and yeah visible to all at all time no middleman and also really interesting niche thing that i like discovered is like the crypto art market is really big at the moment in asia there's a direct con um constellation between the property market in Asia and crypto art because there's like not enough space for people. So that Proper art, they wouldn't be able to get physical art. We're building up. So there's not a lot of space to hang on your walls. Yeah, so yeah. now going to crypto art because that exists online, which is like so That's bad. So in, it's so weird. Cause like you said, it's so new. It's really hard to wrap your head around. And like, I even feel like a grandpa myself thinking, well, why would you pay for that? You know, you can go on, get Google images and Google Michelangelo, you know, like what's the difference? But you've explained the differences and like why these things, yeah. like they hold value and, you know, people can chip in yeah. and it is, it is the next big thing. So that is really interesting. And it makes sense, you know, like, like you said, space is, well, especially in certain parts of Asia, you know, yeah. space is hard to come by. Yeah. And so that's another very niche reason but a reason in itself that i'm guessing is going to be a big part of your dissertation yeah definitely and there's this thing i don't know like just to put like cryptocurrencies and stuff in context i don't know if you've heard of crypto kitties no it's like this it was this thing that happened oh, i can't remember the date but basically it was like massive in asia like asian schoolgirls using the blockchain and the, um cryptocurrency to buy 
like collectibles, which is kind of a precursor to crypto art. And they were like kittens, like a bit like a Tamagotchi, but on the blockchain. So that was just kind of like a precursor. And I think I feel like people into blockchain and Bitcoin will know about crypto kitties because it was the first thing that really like. Yeah. Oh, this could be big. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's chapter two. That's the good things about crypto art. There we go. And so chapter three, where are we, where are we ending? Chapter three, um, I'm doing, okay, so I'm using two main case studies, which is Ben Gentili, the guy who sold the Sotheby's first NFT. And I'm basically, sorry, chapter three, the title is the realistic possibilities of crypto and the possible, and like why it hasn't been adapted yet, but it's possible barriers. Do you know what I mean? So what are the issues? Um, how are they, how's it all connected? And like, what are the experts saying? Like both sides of the argument for and against the future longevity of crypto art, basically. Um, so um, yeah, there's, it's really weird. Like there's this guy called Tra- Trevor Jones, who's a crypto artist and he sold this piece called the Picasso bill and he literally lives like a t- 10 minute walk from my house. It's so weird. Uh, are you gonna um, get in touch with them or? I've, I've emailed him and he sent me some good stuff back, but he's a very busy guy. I can imagine, so, yeah. Yeah, and then the Ben Gentili, and he kind of talks, he's just got loads of good stuff. And he Ben Gentili is a crypto artist who's attempting to give crypto art academic backing. So one of the main things for its mainstream adaptation is that it needs academic backing, you know? Because at the moment, people, a lot of the crypto art online is quite shit. Okay. And like, <laughs> it looks really just like naff and weird. Yeah. Yeah. obviously there's a broad spectrum but because like you know it's subjective obviously but I think a lot of it is rank and I w- but it's like people buy it for thousands of pounds um and then I interviewed the, the head of blockchain at Edinburgh so he really gave me like a techie vibe and that was really really interesting and he was so like yeah sorry yeah he just loves the blockchain and he was like it's just amazing like, yeah. so he's coming more from an economic point of view yeah economic technological scientific He's the brains on the board. Everything other than the art, basically. Yeah, he didn't really understand crypto art. But, I was like, <laughs> but he gets crypto so well. Yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah. And then um, yeah, like discussion and you know, can it can crypto ever beat the real thing of going into a gallery, like seeing the impasto technique of the artist, the paint on the canvas? Like that is a moving experience. Mm. You know, like I remember going in Vienna, I went to see the kiss by Gustav Klimt, and like I cried because I was like, yeah. whoa yeah um i remember seeing michelangelo's dave um david and in florence yeah. and it was you do get these moments you know like where you're like oh my what like that's man-made you know it's just like crazy isn't it that kind of yeah. submission to the art especially with like the renaissance and stuff like people don't make that anymore do you know what no. i mean these are oh. techniques that we've lost um you know because obviously studying oh, ancient We've, we've found it like without referring too much to my own degree, but like we've, we've got bronze statues from like 600 BC and we literally don't know how they made them as well as they did. It is lost techniques. We're like, we wouldn't be able to do this right now. Do you know what I mean? Like, Was it not lost wax process? Yeah, 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 yeah. So the way, the way they made the bronze casting, I won't go into it now, but like they Basically, had to have- their time, right? Like you yeah, didn't yeah, think- yeah to do that yeah and then we find this bit of archaeology that we're able to radiocarbon date and it's like hang on what that came from them they were doing this and it's so interesting isn't it but that's a huge different topic but um so okay so kind of wrapping up now like your chapter three 
mm-hmm. you've kind of weighed up the kind of two aspects of will it won't it i can tell what you think you th- i'm assuming you think this will be the next big thing do you yeah. think do you think covid obviously the virus um is going to play into it a bit because like obviously you've spoken about going to places physically and we already know that that after mm-hmm. we're out of this nightmare is going to change a bit you know we know there's going to be more online kind of meetings and things like this and more interaction online like um, museums and artists and everyone is more online now because of what they've had to over the last year do you think that's a, almost gonna help crypto art yeah i mean i've been i've been really battling with if i'm gonna talk about um covid which you know i just really don't want to talk about because i'm, I'm sick of it as you're living it yeah yeah but no it's so relevant and it's yeah. because basically the art world along with like the fashion world and like all these like industries that move at such a fast pace like they've had to have a serious reconsideration of what they're doing and it's actually industries really yeah because it's industries been like, that are so reliant on human contacts have had to completely revitalize haven't they yeah unlike it's been good for the fashion industry because a lot of the practices that were going on were seriously unethical damaging the world tiring people out like it's just a ridiculous schedule that they had to run on same with the art world like the art fairs that go on it's just relentless and like all those people traveling across the globe all the time like it's not it's not good and it's not sustainable yeah yeah useless air miles but then there's this whole debate about crypto and like bitcoin the running of bitcoin and like bitcoin is not that bitcoin's to do with crypto but like there's a lot of people saying that Bitcoin is very non-energy efficient and it takes up a lot of energy. And there's a kind of an environmental debate going on with it. But at the end of the day, what is going on with crypto art is so much work, like better than a lot of other things. So you've got to like, it's like the lesser of two. Either. Like it's not, per- yeah, exactly. It's not perfect, but it's like, better. You can be a vegan, but at the same time, you're still eating loads of soy products, which is inherently terrible for the world. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? There's a, there's, a, there's a line, isn't there? At one point, you've got to live. And at one point, the economy's got to grow. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, going back to, like, you know, what I think, I think to say that crypto art is going to completely abolish every form of elitism found in the art world, like, what a stupid thing to say. Like, obviously, yeah. that's not going to happen. But I think in terms of a suggestion to... Um, decentralization, improving equality, improving diversity statistics within the art world, inclusion, all of that really important stuff that is just so relevant. Like crypto art is 100% the, the best thing that's ever happened and is the best, is most viable option. And I just think compared to anything else that's come before, like it blows it all out of the water. And I think it can't not happen because the blockchain is going to be adopted it's happening it's it's happening and it's being adopted by people and industries outside of art like and you know art follows art follows the money at the end of the day and like blockchain as well the money is on blockchain yeah exactly well Bria it's 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 so fascinating to hear about it and like I know we're just scraping the surface and good luck with your dissertation because I know you you not finished yet but you clearly know what you're on about um, yeah. Do you... Just got one more, one more thing. Yeah, okay. Go ahead. Because I feel like I haven't talked about. You don't understand like, how many people, how much money is going into this right now. So currently, this guy Give called Beeple. Beeple's a crypto artist. So there's a bid on Christie's, one of the biggest art marketplaces in the world. Okay, I want you to guess, Angus, how oh. much one of his works are. This work is called, um, I think it's called the First Five Thousand Days, and it exists only online. It's a piece of digital art. 
I want you to guess what the current bid is for it right now. And they've still got um, 13 days left of bidding. What's the okay. current bid? Well, judging, obviously, I don't want to come across an idiot. So I'm going to try and actually do a good estimate. But judging mm. by the way you said 108,000, I think, was um, the, the first mm. one they did. Mm. Obviously, mm. it's grown since then. Has it broken a million? I'm going to say not yet. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to go 600,000. 600,000? Oh, um, boy, you're in for a shock, honey. Because oh, this yeah. piece this piece is currently at 2,400,000. No way. And that is, that is day, we've got 13 days left. And my sources tell me that I reckon it will be hitting above 50 million. And 50 million? Yeah. Is this a record you know, breaker? anywhere from 20 million to 20 to 100 million and this is something that exists only online so like that is that unless it's happening now this so is I where we're at wow I'm leave that last example yeah leave me flabbergasted lost for words and looking yeah, like a involved. bit of an idiot <laughs> 600 grand come on <laughs> i like it set out well for me angus i, I know well uh, you know of course i actually did know it was about it was going to be more like that so i didn't want to oh, ruin yeah, it yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no well Bria it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much for coming on and um, telling me teaching me a bit about something I had no idea about crypto art thank you it's been a pleasure this podcast literally rocks my socks so <laughs> it's, it's so it great rocks your socks. you're going to be famous one day but oh. yeah thank, thank you for having me it's been lit alright thanks Bria lots of love see ya bye You've been listening to This and That. All other episodes are available via Spotify and other podcast streaming services. Make sure to follow Express Chill on Instagram for any updates.